morning, and thanks for tuning in to Radio Memories. Here it is Wednesday, already August 18th. And I am Skywalker. I appreciate you watching. Tonight, we have a very special guest, radio legend Bobby Rich. Now, Bobby has been on some of the most famous radio stations in the country. He has also programmed some of the most famous radio stations in the country. Tonight, we have him on to share some memories about K-Hits 97 in Los Angeles. And uh, we've been talking about it for the last few weeks. He's going to clear some things up while he was the program director there and talk about some other radio memories. And joining us from his beautiful home in Tucson, Arizona, radio legend. Can you hear me, Dave? Yes. I've never done an audio. I, no, we're on the air now, Bobby. We're, <laughs> Bobby Rich, <laughs> oh. radio legend. He's still trying to figure out the new technology. You know, but I'll tell you, he was kicking ass in the day, and he's still kicking ass. He's, he's he's running his own radio station in Tucson, Arizona. Bobby, it's so good to see you. It, it is great to see you again, David. It's been a while uh, since you walked into my office at K-Hits. Well, actually, we okay. saw each other when I was working in Tucson for a while. Well, yeah, the briefly, very yeah, briefly. briefly. Yes, but um, it is great to uh, to see you again, and uh, I just have to figure out which name to call you by. Uh, that would be Dave. Well, and you can call me Sky or Dave or, you, okay. you, know, you know, me by both. Can I call you Sky King or does that not work? <laughs> whatever you, whatever makes you comfortable. When I was you a the boy. First, you are the very first person when I was 17 years old to give me a full-time job at K-Hits 97. Wow. You will always be my favorite program director. <laughs> Till the day till the day I leave this planet. You and Ken Levine are the only two people who say that publicly. And uh, I always feel really good about it when Ken Levine says it, too, because he's not even famous for being on the radio. He's famous for being an Emmy Award winning writer, director of TV and movies. <laughs> but when he uh, worked for me at B100 part time because he was busy in Hollywood starting his writing career, but he would drive down on weekends and do a weekend show. And he was just so thrilled that somebody would put him on the radio, kind of like you. you know, well, nobody like, would let him on the radio in L.A. You know, I remember when when he was uh, working at a little tiny station in Van Nuys, and it was called KVFM. And that eventually became KGIL-FM. Oh, and yeah, yeah. and and uh, he and Tom Straw, who became a very big uh, uh, showrunner and producer in, in Hollywood, but they would be on the radio at KVFM, yeah. which was a, a peace shooter station, uh, uh, 94.3. And well, uh, he, and nobody, you are my, he and you are my two most famous friends. So you got that going for you. I love Beaver Cleaver. Uh, you know what? My favorite disc jockey, and and God bless. I I didn't know that you gave him his first gig, but you gave me my first gig, and I. And and you were the funnest program director that I've ever had, and and I mean that sincerely. You made everything very comfortable and very easy. Well, thank you for that. That is what I uh, 
I started out that way and um, I'm ending up that way. And in between are 55 years of being on the radio. So it is, uh, it is so, it's so fun because it's such a fun business and everybody now will tell you it's not fun anymore, but it can be. And that has been something that I have wanted. It's a story I've wanted to tell because I honestly, I get tired of these old radio people who all they do is bitch and moan about how horrible it was and it became and, or how great it was then, but how, what it, it's, it's been ruined now. And, and they're right. They're right in a lot of ways, but I think that a lot of us, I mean, a lot of my peers are, are gone, um, but a lot of us just put up with the changes and figured out how to deal with them and still make it fun. So let, let's, let's get to K-Hits 97. So you become the program director of K-Hits 97 after 10 Q's, K-Hits 97, 10Q was owned by Storer, and then it became K-Hits 97. And it was still a top 40 station. And the assumption was they hired you to be the program director to continue the top 40 radio station. One of the things that Jack Armstrong. Great job. Great Jack, jock. Big Jack, my leader. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I was only working 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. on 10 cubes in K-Hits 97, the store station. And and um, one of the things that he had said and he had thought and was hoping for is that, okay, the rumors were flying already at that point that Bobby Rich was going to come in, greater media was going to bring in you. You had a wonderful reputation as a top 40 program director. And Jack Armstrong was hoping that it was going to continue. Greater media was going to have the smarts. And and he used that word, the smarts, to keep everybody in place. And because you came in as the program director, a well-known top 40 program director, that's what they expected. Um, what happened? <laughs> I, here's how I'm going to tell you the story. And I know we don't have forever. But i got to tell you a little bit about Greater Media. Greater Media was the owner. Okay. They took over from, was it Stores? Store. Right. Okay. Um, so they took over. And here was the process by which I was hired. Okay. Um, I had been on WXLO 99X New York, where I was the program director, and they fired me, and then I was going to come back to the West Coast to either San Diego or LA, and in that time frame, this job of the PD came up, and so... I was called in to meet Julian Breen, who was the national PD of um, Greater Media in their New Jersey headquarters. So I went to meet with Julian and we had a nice discussion. 
and I came back to San Diego. And then I heard from them again, and they wanted to have another conversation with me. And this time, I believe I, it included Peter, who was the head of Greater Media. He was like the CEO of Greater Media. Peter Bordas. Yes, thank you. And I think it also included the consultant, which was Bob Henneberry. Right. Terrific man. Oh, my God. I love that guy. I love Bob Henneberry. Older gentleman, uh, even older than me, uh, probably about as old as I am now, actually, now that I think about it. But anyway. Yeah, he was an older guy, yeah. Yeah. And so then we all had this meeting, and they said, well, we want to we wanna bring you in as the program director. And I said, well, that's what I want to do, you know, and and I really wanted to do uh, an air shift also because that those are the two things I have always done. And so it came down to a couple of days before the changeover. Now, you know, when a new owner takes over a property in radio, you can't, quote unquote, interfere with what's going on at the station currently. They have to keep that station going until the minute the papers are signed and the FCC approves it and the button is pushed and then you're the new owner and then you do anything you want to do. So we had a couple of days meetings in some hotel in LA. I can't remember which one. And at that meeting is when I learned that we would be firing all of the staff. I was told now, you're probably going to have some favorites here, but we have decided to make it a clean cut, clean sweep. And uh, your first job, talking to me, as I'm accepting the job, your first job, Bobby Rich, is to fire all the people who are there. And I said, after a long pause, I said, well, I am familiar with many of the air talent um, by reputation and air checks, if not personally. And uh, I feel that that would be a really big mistake. And they basically, it, it was just as simple as, well, that's already been decided, Bobby. So was this because those jocks were making union money and and K-Hits wasn't paying that kind of money. I Honestly, I don't know that. I, I've ne I never heard that. It was never told to me that way. It was a, a mirror fact of we're going to get rid of all of them. We want to keep Tuna. And that was it. We want to keep, uh, uh, yeah, Tuna was the one. Tuna was the one that we, that they wanted to keep, but it was going to be up to me. And then I said, well, I'm not going to go in there. They don't even know me. I'm not going to go in there and fire them. Hi, I'm the new guy. You're fired. And I finally told Julian Breen, I said, you know what? This is your job, not mine. I'm not the one making this decision. So I don't think it's fair to me personally. And I knew who I was going to be seeing, like the Jack Armstrong, for instance. I went, I, I can't. I'm like a huge fan of his for years. I, I don't want to meet big Jack Armstrong and, and say, hi, how are you? I've been a big fan for years. You're fired. 
And, so and we I, were I, ended I, up, we ended I, I, up getting fired every 15 minutes by the store people. We were fired by Jeff Williams, who, who had, was the GM for store. I don't recall Julian in that meeting. No, because Julian couldn't be in that until greater media took over. Right. Remember? So that was, that was the day that we had everybody come in at like 9 a.m. and they were all out in the lobby. And that was the day of the official greater media takeover. And that was the day that the deed was done. And I sat in the room with Julian and he's the one who delivered the news. And then I tried to do my best to have a conversation with him. But especially, especially with Jack Armstrong. But, uh, you know, that didn't go well. It's <laughs> like, so, yeah, fuck you. Um, no, I'm, I'm really, I, I just felt horrible. I think, Dave, what's happened is there were two different meetings. I didn't know about the first one. You didn't know about the second one. No. And then afterwards, we all went out into the parking lot you know, just the group of, of, of the former 10Q kids and and just talked about what had just happened. Second one was after the moment that we took over, that mm -hmm. we, general media, uh, I mean... Uh, Greater over, media. Greater yeah. media, yeah. We, some people called it lesser media, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All That's of us did. Um, so there were two different meetings then. And in my meeting... I insisted that Julian be in there and I wasn't going to be the one handing out the bad news. And I specifically remember Boyd and I specifically remembered Tuno, which was a meeting, actually a separate meeting that was set up. I met him at the Bob's Big Boy in uh, Encino or something uh, for a, a breakfast meeting a day or two before this. And that was where I assured him that he would be asked to stay. And, and we did, and he did. Um, I also asked Boyd R. to stay, and he kind of said, well, I'll, I'll do it for a while or something. I think he did it for a week or two, maybe. And I chose Jim Conley to stay because I thought he would be helpful as a, a helper assistant type because uh, he seemed to know his way around and he was already there. And I didn't feel like getting rid of everybody was a smart idea in any way. In, in any way. So I chose Jim, Charlie Tuna, and Boyd R. And the rest, as I was instructed to do, were either fired or let go before I even had a chance to meet them. So that's that part of the story. Yeah, but Boyd, now, Boyd didn't stay. Boyd, for a minute. I think he stayed for a minute. No, 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 no. Raleigh Bornstein, you hired. Well, I brought her in because Boyd left. Oh, okay. I brought in Raleigh. But, but he had left the day. Oh, okay. He, I didn't he remember. Received, he received, when we all congregated in the parking lot, Nancy was excited. Boyd was excited. They were done. So Boyd wasn't retained. Okay. Um, that I so that you may remember that wrong. I don't. Yeah, I thought I then, thought we had for about a week or so. But I, I because I was called in later by Conley, who who introduced me to you, and you said, "What are you doing tonight?" 
Can you do overnights? And I never left. <laughs> yeah, damn it. We've tried and tried, but you know, <laughs> we, you know the thing was you wouldn't you were extremely patient with me. You did not you were you refused to give your key back. I specifically remember <laughs> you said no, I'm keeping it. And we said, okay, then just keep coming in. <laughs> the next day, um, this young lady showed up named Raleigh Bornstein. And and I guess Charlie didn't really get along with her. And then you ended up bringing back Boydar Britain. Okay, okay. That's what it was. Okay, I knew I knew Boyd because I didn't want to lose Boyd either. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of his as well, and and I didn't remember that it happened that way. So, but that makes sense. I got. That. I mean, she came out, and you know, I mean, everything was so rushed, and I think it's because they had told you, okay, we're not keeping anybody from the old staff. Yeah. yeah. And my impression was okay because they don't want to pay union money. And I got that impression from Jack Armstrong, but new people were showing up and not staying. They were here for a day, gone well, the next. So here's the, the reason for that. I was calling in people I knew, like from San Diego, who worked for me at B100. Gene Knight was one of them. Um, somebody well, else. Gene Knight from- stayed, but there were people that were coming in and Polly. Um, Polly, I didn't I didn't hire Polly. I don't know how she got in there, but but Dave, here's the she deal. She was there for a minute. Uh, yeah, because all those people left. I was two days into the job and I hadn't been allowed to to look for talent. I mean, I just I just learned and I was told you can't tell anybody this until Monday when we do the official takeover at 9 a.m. So that's why. And I, you know, like Daniel, you remember Daniel? Sure. Sure. You gave him the name Daniel West. He was Daniel at Crux in Phoenix for years. And and that's, he had just had that one name. Daniel yeah. Osi was his real yeah. name. Osi was his name. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I really liked him. And so I was really glad that he, he agreed to stay around. But most of those people coming in and out that you're talking about, you used to call uh, him Mr. Ronco voice because he was the voice of Ronco, just like K-Tel, Ronco had their own Ronco, he really? 20 original hits, 20 original stars, and he did that. I didn't know that. Boy. Yes, I you didn't. used to call him. When you would wrap up your show, you would say, uh, you know, that's it for Bobby Rich. Mr. Uh, Mr. Ronco voice <laughs> is coming up next. I've forgotten a lot of those things. But I do remember what I've just described to you as the changeover, how I became in there, and now I will address the format. So the other thing that I learned after accepting the job, because I was excited to come back to LA, I was now out of work, they fired me in New York, so I was gonna need a gig, and this was gonna be a great opportunity for me. Then they told me they already had the format ready to go. And it was, I don't know what they called it. I tried my hardest to make it into what later I made B100 into hot AC. 
it was, I did the same thing in Philadelphia. I tried to do this kind of mix and Julian Breen told me that would never work because it is neither fish nor fowl and you can't combine like top 40 with like AC, you can't do that. He was convinced of that. And so I had to kind of secretly without them noticing uh, do little things that I tried to lean it <laughs> back into what would have been hot AC, but there was no such thing as hot AC at the time. And the nicest thing is in the beginning, they did not have, uh, in the old days, uh, the programmers, uh, the owners would have a, a, a listen line. So they would call and that's how they would listen to the radio station. And Greater Media didn't have that, didn't have that hooked up to K-Hits 97. So we were playing, we were still top 40. And every time that Julian Breen would come into town, we would scramble and take all those records out, remember, until he'd leave town. And and uh, and the station, as soon as they they actually started, re, uh, I mean, gaining control and they were more involved, uh, they were in town, they 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 gained access to a listen line. We started with a sounder that you had used at V100, and, and it's a wonderful sounder, and you called it the Omegog. And it's one you created, I guess. Uh, I, it was created for me, actually, but yeah. And, and it, 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 it was similar to what we had at 10Q, but in a different, in a different way, but just a very similar kind of sounder where it had a beginning so you could come out of a record a pound and then a nice little uh, uh, tingle or in the 10Q sense, gunshots. So it went and it was beautiful to go right into records. It was much nicer than the, although I liked the Master Blaster, which had the four gunshots at the end. This just worked better, and it was so wonderful to use at K-Hits. I was so elated when you had implemented that. I think it was the first day. Um, it would have been. And, and all of a sudden, we had this great sounder, and you had to hit it right at the right place because the that the record has to be just fading. The, uh, you know, the swell has to come up. Yeah. The bang has to hit. You got it. The you little jingle has to start. The record has to hit, especially if it's Jumpin' Jack right. Flash, because yeah. you got the little dingles going bang, bang, bang. And you're saying KHTZ, Los Angeles. Oh my God, that was so fun. I'm getting excited. I, I'm, I love hearing you because I, you know, I started that at B100. And then when I hired Jimmy Fox, of course, he was my music director at B100 before he came to 10Q as PD. Right. So he brought a couple of my people, uh, Dave Conley, he brought with him, Willie B, he brought with him. Um, and a quick side note about that. Jimmy is a great guy. I love him to death. Loved him then, love him now. Love he came him. to our reunion uh, a, a couple of years ago, and I just hugged him and cried for about a minute and a half. It was so sweet. But he and I had been talking together in San Diego 
about how great B100 was and how great we were doing with it. And he had a lot to do with that because he was the music guy and he really knew the music and he was a really fun jock, you know, because he was unbelievably high energy. Yeah. I mean, you know, he makes Shotgun Tom sound like, uh, you know, somebody on, on Camp EC or something, you know, it's like. <laughs> um, so we started talking about what if we did this format in L.A.? You and I, Jimmy, we could do this. We could put the B100 format on. We would kick ass in L.A., no doubt about it. And the next thing I knew, Jimmy hired Jimmy was hired to be the PD. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> yeah. talked to me. Nobody said, hi, I'm here. <laughs> but that's okay because I, you know, I would I I genuinely would have lost a lot of my later history had I not finished B one hundred gone on to the other stops that I made and then came back to it six and a half years later with what was really my hot AC format. And it did as well or better than the original B100. And now back to the K-Hits 97 story. I just love Bobby's voice. And and so Jeff McNeil is now doing Seven of a Day. And they're toning down the music even more. And all of a sudden, we can't change it. The, the wonderful thing, and your music director at the time was Kathy DeRuville, and she was very loyal to you. And, and we would scramble, her and I would scramble to change the music when Julian Brain. And we always had your back because we always wanted the station to sound the way you wanted it to sound and not the way greater media wanted it to sound. And so Jeff McNeil gets a gig at 102 disco 102.7 kiss FM, which is an after station. And he's working K hits uh, seven to midnight and nobody knows he's working weekends at, at kiss. And he does this for months. And, and finally He's he's so tires of K hits. It's so boring that he he quits. And and you know, just stays on weekends, which is paying him enough money. It's an after gig. And we keep going through disc jockeys as the station softens. Then the ID changes from the oh my god completely goes away and it goes bing khtz los angeles dun da dun, dun, dun k hits 97 what was that and we're rolling into sounds of silence <laughs> what the fuck was that so here's the mistake we all made, Dave. And I made the same mistake. All you had to do, really, was look at what the other great media stations were doing. It was all soft, like what we now would call maybe soft rock or whatever, but it was soft. And it was not high personality. It was a personality, but kind of everything was calm, easygoing. 
And now let me tell you one more quick thing. And I don't know if you know this part. I think we're going to run out of time. But here's the other thing about greater media. I already told you, Peter, the CEO, great guy, had a lot of brilliant ideas, great marketing ideas, things like that. Julian Breen, the group program director out of, and based in New Jersey. Uh, Bob Hanaberry, which was the, uh, the consultant. And I can't remember where he lived, maybe Boston or something. Wasn't it Connecticut? Maybe somewhere, somewhere in the Northeast. Then we had a guy whose name I can't remember in Minneapolis who uh, ran music research. And he ran call out from Minneapolis for Los Angeles. So he had his whole team and everybody there. And then he sent me, he sent us our playlist every week. He said, here are the seven power songs. Here are the 11 mediums. And here are the tertiary nighttime only or whatever it was. And I knew it was gonna be a problem with two songs happen. One was Rise by Herb Alpert, instrumental jazz, which I play now on my current station, The Drive, by the way, because now it sounds fantastic. Actually, it's but, now a good song. Back then, it wasn't, but, but we're old. It didn't <laughs> you know, fit, now it actually it, sounds good. It did not fit into what we were doing. And no. because of the way they call it research works and the way that this system worked, it stayed in the hots for over three months. So it was rotating every two and a half hours for over three months. Those were the kinds of th that and uh, and the Commodore Still, which is another song that we play now, but I love, and now I love it. But at the time it was like, talk about killing, you know, it, it's like a, it's a freaking dirge, you know? I mean, it's like, it's a beautiful song, but no, no energy. Still. You know, you might as well play the intro to the first time ever I saw your face over and over. You know, it's like, doom, doom, doom. You can't even hear it. But so that's when, that's when I really, really understood what they were trying to do and what I was trying to do. And I knew that that was going to be doomed, but there was nothing I could do about it. So, so some companies, you know, I used to think when they hire a program director, that that means that that person goes in and does whatever magical things they can do and imaginary things and and hires great people and finds a way to tie it all together and comes up with wild, crazy promotions and has a staff that loves their job. And, you know, that's what I still do today. But that's when I realized that I wasn't in that set anymore. Do you feel that greater media and I'll use this word, kind of hoodwinked you, that they weren't really honest, that, that they didn't give you a full picture of what was expected of what they wanted. Um, they knew you were a top 40 program director. They knew sure. Store was coming off of a very successful top 40 radio station and actually climbing in the ratings. Isn't there a point where they could have taken you aside and said, you know, Bobby, we're looking really for a different uh, uh, direction 
and I know that you're a, a, a top 40 program director. And if you're interested in doing adult contemporary, we'd love to have you stay on. But I know this isn't your forte and what you're great at. And if we could set you up with something else, or if we could just pay off your contract and, and, you know, let you go, you know, find a gig, you know, that that's suited for you. But, but I, I don't think we were honest with you. And I don't think that, that, because it didn't seem like they were honest with you. And, and maybe I'm just naive because I was so young. Well, and, and let me tell you this. First of all, I had that identical situation happen one other time and something very similar to it happened a third time. These three jobs that I just named were in major markets. I was hired the same way with the idea that you're going to be the program director. Well, one of, one of those markets, I was actually the general manager, but I was hired with the idea that I would be in charge and we want you to do what you do, man. You do that thing, whatever that is. We don't understand it, you know, but. Uh, that voodoo that you do so well. You do that, man. You do that stuff for us and we're going to be a big hit and it's going to be great. And uh, they ended up, all three of them firing me because that isn't what they wanted. But you were correct, Dave, when you say they didn't, they didn't explain that to me for some reason. And I really don't ever understand this. Like none of the three of these places sat down with me and said, so here's our vision for what this station is, who it's for, how it's going to be presented, how we're going to market it all that. One of those stations wouldn't tell me the call letters and name they were changing to until I signed the contract. That was one of the stations. Another one, I was replacing the person who had programmed it and went on to be a consultant. And that was given to me as my consultant, but thought that I was going to do it the same way she had been doing it. And the other one, where I was hired as a general manager, was one that had been a softer gold-based AC for many years and was in the same building with a very famous research company. And that was their pet client. So uh, when I went in there and started literally on the air, blowing up the call letters one at a time, it was KMGI in Seattle. And I blew up the I first. So it sounded like this at the top of the yard. KMG. <laughs> the next day it was KM. <laughs> and then it was just K. <laughs> and then on day five, it was the new I-1077, which, by the way, uh, I was made fun of for everything about it. And I think it's pretty freaking funny that the iPhone and the iPad all came along later. And I probably invented it because I was in Seattle. And I bet those guys heard me and said, we ought to call our thing the I something. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But so what, what, I, what the deal was is that these people, they hire you thinking that they will convince you later because you're a good 
production. You're a good PD. You're a good person. You're a good whatever. Soldier. You'll, you'll get what they what they wanted. And I did get what they wanted, and it's not what I wanted. So I did what I wanted, and I tried to be sneaky about it, just like having you and Kathy pull out certain records when there was going to be a market visit, <laughs> which seems so juvenile to me now. But that's what I had to do, I guess, to protect myself. Bobby, you're still running uh, your own radio station. You own your own radio station in Tucson, Arizona. The drive is KDRI Tucson. Our company's name is Radio Tucson LLC. I'm the president of the company, and I'm one of three owners. We've got a sales team of two, and uh, then I've been able to get eight disc jockeys. We are not tracked at any time. All I'm doing is what everybody else isn't, and they're all ignoring. I tell people all the time on the air. I say, you know, the problem with radio is they only care about you up to age 54. If you're 55 or older, they don't care about you. I still love doing what I do. I mean, radio was my first love and it will be my last. And I'll keep doing it until either the voice or the mind goes out. But real quickly, after getting uh, asked to resign from my previous station that I'd been at for 24 years in Tucson, I took about a year off and I was playing with my internet radio station, which I called B100 Bitchin' Oldies. And um, I had a lot of fun there and I was kind of using it as a testing, testing grounds for what would become this new format that I'm doing. And in a nutshell, it's targeted 50 plus, it's very boomer oriented and people who are a little younger and a little older than boomers, but they have that boomer point of view and and life that they like. We're all about 50 plus and we have good streaming, thedrivetucson.com and we're on all the, you know, all the usual places. We're modern. We've got a nice looking website. We've got a really cool downtown studio. I work out at the house five miles away, but, um, and we have all these really cool jocks who know I've had to untrain a couple of them because they were overtrained like you and I were into, you know, saying the call letters first out of your mouth every time and last if you can. We don't do that. We break every rule. We break just about every rule and still have a fantastic sounding staff radio station. And we play music from mid 60s to mid 80s basically it's a fun it's a fun sounding radio station i suggest anybody to tune in uh, the drive in tucson and check it out bobby rich i want to thank you so much for for being on on radio memories and sharing some memories and i hope i, I want to invite you to come back on the show we didn't get a chance to talk about 93 khj which is the first place i ever heard you in my life and i thought you were the greatest disc jockey in the world and and one of the things that 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 i had learned because uh, you talked up Jet by Paul McCartney, which I didn't realize wasn't just a seven-second record, but KHJ would cut it down and learned that it was a whole intro. But but you did it so expertly. And and uh, 99X in New York, I, I wanted to, to get into that. But, but, you know, since the topic of, yeah. you know, the last three weeks have been about, uh, 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 about K-Hits 97 and 10Q and then 10Q with Nancy Plum last 
last week. And then, you know, some people have inquired about, you know, what really happened to K-Hits 97 from your perspective as you were the program director. And I want to thank you for talking about that and, and invite you to come back if you would. Okay. And I know you're really busy, but but if you have time, please come back on the I show. I would love to. And in the meantime, here's my air monitor. Um, and I'll just turn it on. And... We play some slow songs. We play some medium tempo songs. And we play some fast songs. This happens to be a slow. So I'll turn it off now. Bye. Great stuff. Thank you, Bobby. Take care of yourself. It is always great talking to Bobby Rich, and I haven't seen him in such a long time. Bobby, I appreciate you doing that for us here at Radio Memories, and uh, and thank you so much. And I hope to talk to you again real, real soon, and have you back on the show. Coming up next week, another great guest. Hope you have a great weekend. I'm Skywalker, and until next time, for more Radio Memories.